in a global industry where anything can happen, where mistakes can cost far more than dollars. One oil and gas sales expert, one HSE professional, and the greatest PPE provider on the planet must come together. Two men, one brand, one mission. Red Wings Oil and Gas HSE Podcast with Mark LaCour and Patrick Pister starts now. Hey, it's Mark LaCour, and this show is for everybody who has an interest in HSE and the oil and gas industry. Brought to you by Red Wing, the leaders in PPE, ensuring your people go home safe every day. And this is episode 19. Joining me today is my creative co-host, Patrick Pister. How are you doing today, Patrick? Yeah, very well, Mark. How are you? Awesome. And we're sitting in uh, National Oil Varco's office, and we're lucky enough to have David Reed and uh, Bill Crabb on. How are you doing, One Joe? of their many offices. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Great. Yeah, you're doing well. Thanks for having us. Yeah, no, no, thanks for being on the show. So it's um before we get into our HSE discussions, a little bit of background, David. How did you get into the industry? Uh, that's a long story. I don't know if we have time. <laughs> you have a short version uh, of it? I'll try and think of a short version. Uh, I needed money. I was, uh, <laughs> in Scotland, I was trained in architecture, and someone met me and offered me a job. And I uh, thought that would work for a month, and 25 years later, here I am. Yeah, and you're actually the chief marketing officer for National Oil. Strange. Yeah, yeah, yeah it is strange. That's what I am. <laughs> <laughs> and Bill, how did you get started in the industry? Well, I came out of school. I was a, uh, a football coach, and I coached at the high school and college level. And then uh, I got tired of starving. <laughs> and, uh, a neighbor Similar. of mine was in the oil and gas business, and he thought this was a business that I could do well, and he uh, encouraged me to give it a try, and it's worked out pretty well. Yeah, and so you're actually the head of uh, health, safety, and environment for National Oil. That's correct. Yeah, good stuff. So one of the things I know from experience, because I've known NOV for a very, very long time, is you have a safety culture that I think is one of the best in the industry. Because it's not being pushed from the top, although I'm sure, Bill, sometimes you have to push it a little bit. But your frontline people, the guys I run into, the guys actually in the field believe in it. They live it. To me, that's a success from a culture point of view, right? Because you can't force people to do stuff they don't want. Somehow National Oil has built that culture, that safety culture, in its people. Dave, you want to talk a little bit about maybe the culture? Like, how did that, How did y'all get there? Well, if you look at the company, it's not one big corporate culture that we have it's it's a highly acquisitive company so we we actually pick up lots of companies and they're all usually small for the most part um so small culture uh is a challenge but it's also an opportunity because when people are working in close proximity they adapt well to what makes sense and it fits in so people come to the table usually with a desire to protect and care for people which happens with smaller companies naturally and uh, from there, what we try and do is harness and not control too much, but actually encourage and connect. And so you let people naturally grow into the uh, into the culture. Plus, all of our leadership has grown up in the business. So if you grew up in the business, you're you're tuned into this. And so I think I think the nature of what we do, we're in a lot of shops. We do a lot of work that has risk, and we're around people who are close and relate well to each other. And that causes people to to adapt really well to safety culture. It comes naturally. When it's understood, when you have experienced people who lead and grew up they, in the business, they naturally um, are focused in very quickly, very easily on that. And it, and it adapts and it, and it grows in a way that is a lot more genuine than something that is forced from the top down. So when you when you acquire these smaller companies, y'all don't just slam a safety manual down on the desk and say, this is your new standard? I don't think we do, do we, Bill? <laughs> no, we try not to do that. <laughs> yeah. Forcing things usually doesn't work very well. But what we do do is when we get a new company, and we get a lot of them, is we go in there and we try to uh, lay the, 
the workout and how we do our business and, and how we care about people. I mean, that's the thing that we have to get across is how we really care about people and how important it is for them to get home safely. And uh, I think if we get buy-in on that, we've got a real good chance. And if we don't get buy-in on that, then we have to go in and, you know, roll up our sleeves and you know dig in and do some hard work but uh, talk about that just a little bit what are some of the challenges um i know our audience would be interested to know when you're picking up a lot of these small companies as often as you do what are some of the biggest challenges you face when getting them on board with a, a safer mindset that maybe they were used to well a lot of times they're they just run a little bit looser they're they're used to you know taking some shortcuts and some things that we normally wouldn't do and don't allow our people to do uh, we we try to get them on board explain the reasons why we're doing what we're doing and uh in most cases, they, they, they fall in line. They get on board pretty quick. And, and uh, you know, once they get on board, you know, they're real believers. They get religion in a hurry. Right. And uh, the other thing we do is, is one, one of the things we work on hard is that we look after each other. Okay. We, it's not up to the manager. It's not up to the, to the service manager. It's, it's up to each person look after each other. You know, we're, we're like brothers. Okay. If it's my brother over there is doing something wrong, I'm going to tell him. Okay, so there's no difference if it's my friend or coworker. You know, we're gonna let them know that hey, you need to do this to be uh, safe for you and your family. Yeah, it's it's uh, fascinating to see um, when you get that kind of openness when you don't have a top down being forced down to you and your peers are there. You really drive a difference in your safety metrics, right? Because people don't let other people do silly stuff or yeah. things that are, are not safe. Yeah. Um, as opposed to some companies I know out there where because they have this top down structure, it's all about being caught. Totally different mentality. Well, yeah. one of the things we like to do, we like to catch them, but we like to catch them <laughs> doing the right thing, okay? And I think that's more important than catching them doing the wrong thing. So we try to emphasize the right thing they're doing, and, and then we also take those as best practices and we share them with the, with the next group or the next facility and make, uh, make people aware of the good things we're doing and, and brag about them. I and mean, when you start bragging about people, people kind of get excited, and, and that's what they want to be a part of that right. team, yeah. not the bad team. Yeah, and so um, another thing, we, we talk about this when we're having lunch, when we're off the mic, but the way y'all do this, the way NOV drives a safety culture, some companies would see as a risk, right? Because you're, you're letting your people do a lot more than other companies do. So you have to have faith in your people. Yeah, I think it's a, it's a, it is a culture thing, is that uh, as people start to work out, this is how we are, this is what we do, um, there is some risk, but, but there, there's an inherent risk in human beings. And you can assume there isn't. If you uh, if you imagine that you set a corporate direction, and everyone would follow that, that is not understanding how human beings operate. They don't operate corporately. They're not one mindset. They actually are individuals, and they think and work differently. And so you have to create a, a system that you know can work with them. There can be guidelines and rules, but more importantly, um, if the culture of who we are as a company is is what drives through to people, they understand that. The, to get ahead, you have to be that way. You have to be connected. You have to uh, have a care. You have to have an understanding uh, of how we want to support each other and, and do the business together. Uh, I think people draw towards that. And, and we do that across our whole business. We have a, we have a challenge in that uh, can we execute this? With so many people, can we get everyone going the way we need them to go? And it, it involves trust. And so, so we've, we've got that everywhere. But I think people naturally will go the way of the company uh, if it is the culture. They'll, they'll fit in, they'll join in. But uh, if you try and push it down, that's just not how culture works. It's not how people work. Right. It shows a lot of respect for your people. We were talking about at lunch, gloves, is, it's a big thing in the industry. Everybody wants you to wear gloves. But some companies I've seen mandate the beefiest, heavy-duty, impact-resistant gloves you can find for every job. And, and that's not your policy. You 
you were saying, Bill, it's right glove for the job, but right. you leave it up to the employee. What is your task? What are you trying to do? Pick well, the right tool. Yeah, well, what we like to do is we like to give them options, okay? We find several gloves that are the right job for the right glove for the right job, and then we let them make a choice, okay? And of the, of the three that, that we may uh, stipulate. And uh, so they, they choose the one that they, they still got a choice. They still got an option. Right. Everybody loves options. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, and uh, then we know they're going to be safe because it's a glove that we've chosen that, that will give us the most, most protection for the, the job they're doing. Man, man, what a personal approach, right? So you're making sure your people have the right PPE, but you give them options so that they have a say in the matter. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, that's, that's huge. That's powerful. I don't know if I've actually seen that anywhere else. Um, good for y'all. Well, it's it's pretty simple stuff, really. I would like to think it's, it's brain surgery, but it's it's, really, <laughs> it's kind of like how I like to be treated. I, I, don't pretty, I don't want my boss come and tell me, you must do this, you must do that. But if he gives me options, you know, I can usually fall in there and, and choose one that I'm comfortable with. Absolutely. Yeah, so I'm curious. So uh, NOV is not a small company, right? Y'all have global operations. Um, y'all a little are... smaller than we used to be. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it's not just y'all. It's everybody else. Um, you know, you're, you're basically the toolbox of the oil and gas industry across the planet. Um, is it a struggle to uh, with different parts of the world, with different cultures? Is it, is it a struggle sometimes to have the national oil well safety culture um, work its way through all of your global operations? Yeah, I'd, I'd say it, it is a struggle and something that we we address on a regular basis. And we try to uh, be as consistent as we can ar- across the world. But we know there are different cultures and there's going to be different challenges. And, and we recognize that yeah. and allow for that. So I think that, uh, you know, we got to be somewhat flexible. But we also have to have a goal in mind where we're, we're trying to, to, to herd everybody towards that goal. And uh, so far, we've been pretty successful. We're, we're not as good or as, as where we want to be. It's, it's a journey. Uh, we're getting closer. We're, we're improving, but uh, you know, again, it's it's a matter of time. It's a it's a it's a marathon. It's, it's on, ongoing, and, and it'll take time before we finally get where we want to be. And then, once we get there, then the trick is staying there, right? Yeah. Well, actually, what happens? You get there, then all of a sudden, you want more. <laughs> you move oh, yeah. the bar again. That's right. Yeah. That's right. I mean, I've I've seen it happen. In this industry. I've been in it for twenty years. The the this industry is so much safer now than it was in the eighties. I mean, it's it's. I mean, it's it's football fields away you right. know and but we're still moving we're still wanting to move the needle and i mean that's just what you talked about you want to continue to move that needle you may answer this the same way but how do you deal with cultures as far as the companies that you work for is nov you have your own manufacturing but you work for the operators you work for the drilling contractors you work for just about every company in this industry you do a job for and the big guys want to mandate their own safety culture down on everybody that works for them so how do you how do you give your people options as far as what they do for safety and still stay within the bounds of the bigger guys that are that are pushing it down on you. You want to shoot it? Yeah, I would, I would <laughs> say, I mean, uh, probably the places you see it, the guys go on to different rigs and vessels that are owned by other people and have rules. They're quite used to hearing those rules. Uh, but if ever, and I've seen this, this is when I, I mean, I get very proud when you see the culture working. And, and when uh, I've been on places, I actually at a, have been at a rig up yard where their their actual safety rules and what they were doing were below the standard of what we would call normal and uh, the guys would shot, stop operations you know they seeing them actually do that and having the shock of someone who is employing you to be there knowing that you will not work and uh, and seeing it at the lowest level this operations coming to a halt um, and and people can't they culturally can't even understand that you're doing this and when you see it, 
and I, I was a guest this day and no one knew I was there but just watching it seeing it happen it's it's the right thing to do so they understand doing the right thing but when when that's a theory that's great but when you actually see it and it happens and that's a very risky thing to do with a lot of money at stake and uh, when when no we're not we're not going to take this risk it's not appropriate uh, that's a good sign that it's working and I think you're looking for those healthy things if the, the, if you don't have examples like that uh, where people are, are actually doing this where it's actually causing you to get you know people to get the attention of everyone in the arena that this isn't right then uh, then it's not really happening if you don't see that happening you know and causing uh, challenges to you every day so we're things things start to stop and everyone's got to look at what's going on so when you see it i'm very very proud when when those things happen man that's powerful to have a, a guy a frontline guy stop while they're working for your client mm-hmm. knowing that you know just a few years ago he might have been out the door or doing something like that, but just having the, the faith in national all well and want to make sure his people are safe to stop the operation that is awesome yeah, yeah. Man, what, talk about a safety culture, Patrick. I mean, it was not that long ago. If you were the guy that stopped the job, that was you were you were off the rig. Well, not just that. If you're if you're working, I give a shipyard example. I've worked there and and tried to stop a job, and other shipyard shipyard guys they're going to do what they're going to do, and and don't worry about it. Now it was a few years back, but that's that's not where we are anymore. It, yeah. Everybody's life is equally important. Doesn't matter if it's a a company in Singapore or Korea that you have no personal connection to. You stop the job if it's unsafe. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. We have that all the time. And, and uh, you know, I'm real proud of our, our guys that they, they won't hesitate. If, if something's not going the way it should go, they'll, they'll stop it and make sure it gets right before they move forward. Yeah. I mean, that's that, hats off national. I'm actually I'm glad we actually told this story. There's so many people outside of our industry that don't understand that safety is not it's a yes, it's a KPI. Yes, it's a metric. Um, but it's in our hearts, right? Mm. Every one of us wants every one of our people to go home safe and sound every night. And no it's doubt. just, I love this about our industry. Um, the fact that companies will lose money before they'll put somebody in a risky situation. I just, yeah. I just think it's awesome. It is. It's been good to watch. And it has progressed over years. It has been pretty consistent in our shops. But when you see it out affecting, you know, when you're being hired, the, the cultural uh, transition is, is just something you know to watch in the industry it's been really good yeah I think that's the difference David was kind of more referring to our people going on on rigs and, and the biggest uh, portion of our people are the ones working in our manufacturing facilities and there there it is more consistent and, and it's uh, we have tighter controls there yeah. and we see them on a daily basis you know some of our best shops that have the the best TRIRs are the ones that uh, you know, for the first two hours a day, the HSE manager is walking the floor, making sure everybody's got their PPE on and doing their job the proper way and in the proper position and everything else. And, you know, they've, they've got a routine. And, and that pays dividends. We, we get a lot of uh, good work out of that, that, that operation. Yeah, Bill, actually, you brought up a great point. So a good HSE leader is out in the field with his people. In this low crude price environment right now, um, Everybody's having to do more with less, including HS and E. How do you balance that with your with your team? How do you balance make sure they're getting out in the field and doing that at the same time they're doing the work, you know, one and a half times the work they were doing five years ago? Well, one of the things when I took this job over uh, about eighteen months ago, one of the things I wanted my guys to be more visible. I wanted them to be seen, and with by being seen, they they had an opportunity to tell their story and and to, uh, to spread the the news. Okay, and so we started doing that, and it made a big difference. You know. Sitting behind a computer and sending emails doesn't really get it done. But you know, boots on the ground, walking the floors, seeing guys, talking to guys, praising the guys, 
makes a difference. So we do a lot of we do a lot of praising and, and uh, encouraging, and uh, you know that doesn't cost you much. It's pretty it's free stuff. So in this environment, that's that's kind of way we're working. And you get your HSC people exposed to the guys doing the job, so you're not the police going out there. You're part of the team that actually trying to make things better, not just. Yeah, I'm, I'm really not interested in, in, in you know catching somebody doing wrong and going and tell their boss. I'm I'm more interested in, in working with that person, let him know that you know we care about him, and, and here's a, a better way to do it. And, and and by the way, you know if you see someone else doing it, you might you pass it on as well. Yeah, and so we have like this very interesting hard hat sitting on the table. We have to get a picture of <laughs> Patrick and put it yeah. in the show notes. What's the story? Well, this is a, a hard hat that was developed by one of our uh, current HSE guys. And uh, he was on a uh, on a rig, and he was walking up a ladder, and he couldn't look up because he couldn't see, and uh, he ran into the person in front of him, and so he figured there's got to be a better way. So he came up with a uh, a drawing that uh, has this clear visor on t- on top that he could see above him, and it's called Above View, and uh, so we he worked uh, with our engineering group and came up with a patent, and then we found a. Uh, hard hat manufacturer called Bullard and and they are now in the process of manufacturing these on a global basis and this is for your people no not Mm -hmm. only our people this is for this is for the industry and uh, which we're really proud of it's something that I think you know can make a big difference Uh, so you spent time and R&D money to develop a product for the industry so this isn't a commercial endeavor this is you bringing another piece of safety trying to help that's correct Man, <laughs> I just love the the simplicity of the design that you think of. Well, I didn't th- somebody think of this before. Sure. It just well, you talk about it. Those are the best way. Yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> right. We did a did a patent search, assuming that this existed, thinking we could find it, but no such thing. So yeah, it was a it was an easy step. But for us, it's not it's not just that it happened, which is great, but it's helping people understand that this is this is part of our commission in life is to make sure that we care for others and that we think of how we can make sure people don't get hurt that you have that in mind and, and that you do something about it not that observing it and talking about it is one thing but doing something is critical uh, when you see it because one thing that makes safety culture work is not separating uh, your work life from your home life and and that means holistically you've got to look at everything and teach people this is about life this isn't about how we want you to behave this is about who we are and how we are. And so if you get into that, people will start doing the right thing. Uh, and the right thing isn't about making money. It's about protecting and, and caring for each other. So it's doing that uh, every day, thinking about it in your life. And that's just an example where it really wasn't meant to be a big deal. You know, We didn't just say, here's something we could really celebrate and let everyone see that we do great H- HSE. We were just making sure the guy was just doing the right thing because right. it was the right thing. And, and uh, by the way, this this design is is not man. We're not mandating this for for people. It's an option. Okay, if it if it works for them, it helps them do their job better. Then great. If it doesn't, then you know they go back to what they're using and, and what's working for them. Yeah, what I think so cool about it is, um, I mean, there's by no stretch of imagination your competitors could be buying these hard hats. Right? Sure. You don't care. You're no, not we helping actually making your competitor. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That that has nothing to do. The I competitor, know. You know we. We don't want any competitors to get hurt, by the way, either. Yeah, yeah. Safety is not. Yeah, it's not a competitive issue. Yeah. Something, something just to note is uh, the sustainability of an approach that says let people do the right thing, give them room. Uh, we we were concerned. In fact, we talked to other corporations and they asked, how can you sustain this? Will it work as you keep growing? And so we did. We actually did some studies of our company across the company and found 
without messaging, we don't message to our employees. Um, we found them saying the exact same things. We actually sent a camera crew around and they started filming everyone and the guy came back and said, I don't know what we got here. It's just a bunch of interviews and let me work on it. As he worked on it, he found that there were a few key messages were all exactly the same. And these people who don't know each other, different parts of the world, different backgrounds, all finish each other's sentences. So we, we made a video uh, that's called We Are NOV that, that just shows that. And it was really an amazing experience, even for the guy making the video, to find that without us forcing it, corporately we speak the same, particularly about safety. Yeah, David, isn't that, um, uh, isn't that video public? Yeah, it yeah. is. It's on so, YouTube. Yeah. yeah, so Patrick, let's make sure we put a link in yeah, the show absolutely. notes to that video. Because um, I've actually watched it. Um, people that may not know this, but uh, David manages to have the only chief storyteller I know in the oil and gas industry work for him. Yeah. And he, his work is literally breathtaking. I mean, he should be in Hollywood somewhere doing yeah. feature films. Don't, don't tell him. <laughs> don't tell yeah. him. He knows. <laughs> he does it because he loves it. So we give. that's another freedom thing. He's, he could leave tomorrow for more money, but he is. he grew up in the company. He was an engineer uh, in our working on brand shaker screens. And we found that that was the wrong screen, you know. We, <laughs> <That's cute. laughs> we kind of moved him over to a different... A different he's got a real passion about it. Oh, he's loves great it. at it. All right. yeah. it loves uh, the business, feels connected to it all. And when he interviews, people know that he's one of us. And so it gets us a whole different outcome. So, so y'all y'all both in the industry for a long time. Um, let's take a little bit different slant. So I'm starting to see technology enter this industry like it's never entered before. Um, how do y'all see that affecting uh, HS&E? It's interesting. We, we have a lot of products that, that make the work site safer, safer, and we thought they would pick up really fast. And we had many years where a lot of technologies would not pick up. And so over time, we really keep adding systems, but um, making sure that they fit the business has been an interesting factor that, for example, iron roughnecks or pipe handling machines, um, they all came in when we got the formula right. So it's, a, it's an interesting assumption that you make safer work tools people will just use them well no if they if they don't keep with the pace if they don't perform as needed uh, and it's better to do it with without tools uh, or in things which could have more risk uh, people will do that so it was interesting to learn that we had a lot to get right when i started we had iron roughnecks we built the first one in 1975 no real uptake um, until we got it right and so that is kind of a safety product learning thing is that you better be delivering some value, at least match current pace. And so if people are going to adapt because the financial side wins, we can train people to be safe. So having a tool that you could train someone to still be safe without that tool, it doesn't, doesn't sell the tool. Yeah, and David, let me back you up just in case we have anybody listening and doesn't know what an iron roughneck is. What is an iron roughneck? So today... Uh, we have machines that do what we used to do, which is you have to you have to connect two pieces of steel together, drill pipe, and, and torque it up very tight. And so there was actually a spinning chain originally, which we designed a, a spinner, which got the chain out of the mix, which you would wrap around and pull to spin the pipe into each other. And then finally you'd use two tongs to actually pull them against each other and make up the connection. So there was, then we got, had a torque wrench and a spinning wrench that did those tasks independently. But these were free hanging pieces of steel pulled to great uh, amounts of force that if it ever went wrong, it was a source of potential accident. And it was, people, it was people using these tools. Right? right. So there were people wrapped around, you know, two or three guys wrapped around these tools with high torques, high speeds, um, all going on with big machines and, and with, throwing. With drilling fluids all over the place. Yeah. yeah. It was very dangerous. Hazardous. Very, very yeah. 
Very, very, and what happened was the guys got really, really good at it. So you would still have some accidents, but of course, most of the time there wasn't. But when they went wrong, when it went wrong, it went very wrong, and it was very common for people to lose fingers. Yes. So old drillers, you would know them by their their lack of fingers when they were roughnecks, and that was almost the thing you had to have. Having all your fingers was a sign of lack of experience in the old days. So when I came into the industry in the early 90s, that was still around. People still had fingers missing, and that was a sign of experience. And uh, it blew my mind that we had these new... We oh, had the that's tool. not completely gone. You can still see the guys that are missing fingers. You know that's they've right. been in the industry for X number of years sure. because of that. It's a, yeah, yeah. David and I are new guys. I just Look at us. <laughs> Look at these fancy fingers. fingers we have. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, there's a, there is a good story on fingers if you guys have time. If, Bill, you want to talk about the, the hand video. Yeah. Uh, one of the things that uh, David and I are good friends. I, I work with David for for many years, actually, for the last 15 or 16 years. We're, we're, we're not good close. friends, just, just for the record. He says that. Yeah, right? well, we often get to each And uh, anyway, we were trying to come up with a, a program where we could, you know, really concentrate on hands and fingers, and uh, that's where 33% of our injuries were. So uh, I have a marketing guy that, that worked with David and his marketing team, and, and we came up with a, a, a fingers uh, contest, okay, and, and uh, David convinced my guy that uh, we could have our, our people in the field put together videos and they'd, they'd submit them on a monthly basis and then we'd pick a monthly winner. And uh, I thought, well, this this probably won't work. This is kind of a silly deal. <laughs> That's what for, he says to me about yeah, everything. So. <laughs> for these field guys and, and shop guys to be putting these videos together. Well, I was wrong, just like you mentioned earlier. You were wrong with your wife's little advice there. But uh, <laughs> uh, we came up with a program that, that really works well and that uh, we had probably... 50 uh, videos submitted this year and these guys worked hard in putting these videos together and, and really what it did it really had them focus on on their hands okay and talking about it uh, and then sharing these videos and, and getting their kids involved and their families involved and we came up with some really really great videos that that I think have made a difference if if you look back on on what we've accomplished we've cut our hand injuries in half wow and uh, and not only did we cut them in half, that when we did have an in injury, the cost of them have been cut in half too. So there's a couple of you know really great things working now. Is can I contribute all to the video? No, but I contribute some of it to the video yeah. and, and just the awareness. So uh, we're excited about that, and we think there's other opportunities to to do something similar. And I'm going to have to you know use David's creative juices again <laughs> to help us put something together. But it really got our people motivated and excited engaged, about it yeah. and uh, engaged in the whole process. So, that's great that you get the families yeah. involved because yeah. you know, that's critical. Yeah. yeah. I think yeah, in so the safety story, teaching people that it's about your kids, it's about your, your wife or husband and it's uh, it's home life. It's, it's about, you know, protecting those you care for. So it has to, if it's not at home, it really doesn't count. You're not, you're not in this thing yet. You don't understand. Yeah. You know, one of the things we pride ourselves on is being a global family. Okay. Mm -hmm. And uh, this came loud and came through loud and clear in, in the videos that, that were presented. I mean, time after time after time, they people would show their families, their kids, their pictures, and even get them involved with, with coloring and other things. So it was it was really exciting. When you start to get those kids involved in actually participating in safety, somebody was telling me a story around uh, uh, the 4th of July. Kids went out playing with the fireworks, but they grabbed safety glasses before they went out, and, and this whole group of five or six kids are actually wearing safety glasses to play yeah. with fireworks. Yeah. Actually, a little, little side note on that. Uh, uh, we also had one of our groups put together a, a 4th of July safety video, video as an offshoot of the hands video. 
and then they also came with a uh, Halloween, uh, not a Halloween, yeah, Halloween uh, video to, uh, for safety, as well as a Thanksgiving turkey carving video. So they kind of got in in the group. Should have been a frying video. Those yeah. are more a little more dangerous. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Maybe That's next, next year. year. Don't <laughs> next year. Yeah. yeah, don't don't give that idea. Don't spoil it. Man, yeah. man, but think about that, Patrick. That's culture. I mean, that's that's the 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 front line, the leaders. That's everybody national well pulling together for a common cause and making everybody more aware of something that they were aware of before. But you did it in kind of a fun, lighthearted way. That is really cool. Yeah. And and by the way, the the, the way we kicked it off was was our three segment presidents and our CEO and myself. And, and uh, we did a the, the video, and uh, we never saw a face. Okay, all it was was our hands, the entire video. It was right. great. It was and, really uh, you get it immediately because yeah. you can hear their voice, you know. And you, but you're seeing the hands. You're like, oh yeah, <laughs> you know, this is going to be fun. Yeah. So it was, uh, it was unique and different, and I appreciate David and his team helping us put that together. Yeah, the power of marketing, huh? Right. There you go. Get people engaged. Yeah. <laughs> are, are those public or are those only internal videos? Only internal. Yeah. Most, most of our video work is internal because it's trying to communicate across a large bunch of people. It's, we can't get to Absolutely. every location. So video is a very powerful part. That's why we're invested in it. It's, it's a method that you know we almost have to do. Yeah, it's, it's a, a great way to tell a story. And telling stories is one of the best ways that humans communicate. Yeah. Well, that's a good point. If, you, if your safety uh, messages are only coming through on a PowerPoint that you're sending out to a rig or a site, experiment with some video. Because I mean, the experience, the feedback that y'all have gotten and the buy-in that you have, it, it's remarkable. But yeah. video is very powerful. Well, well especially powerful when they're the one presenting it. That's true. Right. Yeah. Sending it in. Okay, we're not sending it to them. They're, they're sending it to us. What okay. we've done, though, is we've got every every person in the company and made sure that we've put a video camera inside their phone. We <laughs> Well, no, maybe they just yeah. had one. No, <laughs> we didn't do that. We didn't do that. I made that part up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. he does that. <laughs> yeah, you can tell y'all two are very straight-laced here. Yeah. Um, so it's about time for us to get into our Red Wing uh, safety tip of the week. Bill, you got a safety tip? I guess the, one of the safety tips that I've really uh, learned here in the last uh, month or so is we now have everybody backing into their parking spot, okay? And what we've found is the number of accidents and, and um, that we've experienced is, is much, much lower. We have people backing out and hitting people over and over and over again. In our parking lots and uh, since we've changed that since the park and go forward uh rule is down play it's, it's made a huge difference so that's really working for us. i'm glad we backed in when we parked here i was just about <laughs> to say if you go look at me Why and patrick we're, we're both backed not, in we got a real problem <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this interview's over well done <laughs> yeah, yeah uh, awesome tip so mark you want to tell us who won the red wing offshore bag this week and this week's winner is gustavo garcia with enterprise products he's a pipeline operator and gustavo I'm pretty sure you won a prize on our other podcast. This is the first time I've ever had one person win two prizes back-to-back on two different podcasts. But it's all legit because our sponsors pull the names. We have nothing to do with it. So congratulations, Gustavo, for winning twice in, in two weeks. Um, if you'd like to win your own awesome Red Wing offshore bag, it's really, really, really simple to do. Just ask Gustavo. He's won twice. Uh, you go to redwingshoes.com forward slash podcast. That's redwingshoes.com forward slash podcast. Throw your information in there, and we pull one lucky winner a week. And then, um, Patrick, what's going on with the whole LinkedIn group? The LinkedIn group, that is our um, companion to the show. Uh, it's not just for the podcast. It's the oil and gas global network. Um, you can go there, share ideas, share contacts, ask questions. It's a community to basically help share best, best practices, um, not just between companies, but between individuals that are working in the oil field. 
And it's also the place where we're going to announce everything new that's coming out. So Patrick and I have a live event, and I know we've been saying that for a long time, but we really do have one. First, first quarter 2017. We hold our feet to the fire on that one. First yep. quarter 2017. Yep, we have some new shows coming out, so it's all good stuff. And, and Patrick, we've actually got a lot of good reviews. I might actually want to rattle off a couple of them. Let's hear them. So we have a great podcast, uh, Better People by James Gordy. No one is more plugged into oil and gas and generally cares about the people in the industry than uh, Mark and Patrick. Uh, tune in for relevant content related to the safety of our people out there. And then we have... Um, uh, from uh, Sterlfly01, fantastic HSE podcast. Well done, keeping the podcast fun and conversational while still presenting insightful information regarding a field that should be on the forefront of all of our minds. Um, listen while I drive to work, love it. Um, and then uh, legit, <laughs> uh, informative and concise, great work. Listen to all eight podcasts on a single flight to Angola. Yep, don't want to take that flight to Angola either. <laughs> <laughs> so when we have a bunch more. So people, if you're listening and you like what we're doing, can you please do me a favor? Can you go get, leave us a review? It takes all of three minutes. It helps us climb the search engine rankings, both in iTunes and on search engine, so that more people can find us. Um, Patrick and I both have a goal of... Uh, of getting to some big numbers and we need your help to do it. It builds our ego too. If it's five star <laughs> viewing. <laughs> yeah. And then the other thing that's different is Patrick. We now have our own website. We do. We have changed over to the oil and gas or sorry, the red wings, oil and gas, HSE podcast website now. Well, but it's actually called oil and gas, HSE, oil and gas, HSE podcast. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, all the shows are there. Um, our webmaster work double overtime. Um, Every single way you can think of us listening to a podcast is all listed. All I have to do is click. Patrick's show notes will be there. So if you want to see any of this stuff, you want to see the picture of the really cool helmet that uh, NOV uh, invented, everything's there. So go to the go to the, uh, the website. Also, um, if you want to submit a question, there's a place where you can submit a question. Then finally, if, can you do me a favor? Can you share the show? If you work for an oil company, can you do that all company email thing and just put a link to the HSE podcast in there um, you won't get if somebody <laughs> actually these two can I want y'all to send it out to everybody in NOV worldwide <laughs> yeah but just you know Twitter Facebook LinkedIn whatever share the show help us spread the word um, and that is about it so uh, uh, Dave, connecting with y'all where you I'm sure you're on Pinterest and Twitter and everything else right Bill, Bill but, uh, don't. <laughs> uh, where can it work people uh, go to connect with Dave, you, whether your, your email or LinkedIn or anywhere else just email. find me find me on LinkedIn and I'll, yeah, he'll, uh, he'll I'll talk to Bill <laughs> Bill has the office next to me I'll just yeah, he's kind of my message. administrative assistant on, <laughs> yeah. on those so, issues what a good day yeah. 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 Wait, what's your fax number Bill we can send one that way <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's right under Telex on his card <laughs> Yeah, so it's um, we'll put uh, David's uh, LinkedIn profile in the show notes. Uh, David's a great guy. Um, and we actually have some stuff that we don't know what it is yet, but we're actually doing some um, collaboration with National Oil well, with OTC. So we're excited to see where that goes. We're going to bring our entire podcast audience, David, to NOV. Yeah. All 250,000 of them. We'll, we'll bring all our customers to your podcast. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, so David uh, and Bill, thank you all very much for being on the show. Yeah. Well, thank you. So, Patrick, ready to get out of here? Yeah, let's do it. All right, folks, don't be afraid to give up the good to go for the great. Y'all be safe out there. Tune in next week for another exciting episode of Red Wings Oil and Gas HSC Podcast, a production of the Global Oil and Gas Network. Learn more from Mark LaCour at modalpoint.com. Connect with Patrick Pister at leanoilfield.com From Houston to London to Dubai and beyond I saw a complete platform being lifted in a country that will remain unnamed 
um, with a single strop that was falling apart. They made it without dropping the load, but it definitely was a moment where I'm like, there's no way. It, this is 20 years ago, so, but it, it was shocking to me to see this one steel strop starting to unwire itself while the whole platform was being drawn. You're like, oh, wow, there's, there's a lot to learn here.